Hey community, welcome to our sermon podcast for wanderers, seekers, and thinkers, for deconstructing and reconstructing. This is a feed of Open Door Church, a faith community focused on God's love and grace, a progressive church built around action, community, and people. Enjoy this week's message and check back often as we're posting new content every week. We join now to our regularly scheduled. (laughs) How is the church supposed to respond to each other in times of struggle, to uh, friends and neighbors and those outside of our community? How are we supposed to respond in positive and healthy and productive ways to people that are struggling, uh, to crisis? All of those sort of big questions. If we acknowledge that we've not done it well, then what does it mean to do it well? And I, of course, don't have all of the answers, but in the process of reading and working on this series, I came across something that I find extremely helpful. And so this morning we're going to talk about stories and what it means to be storied people and what that means for us as a church and as people that care about others to think about the world in terms of story. Okay. So I just gave away the whole thing, so there's no surprises. The person that got me thinking in this direction is, uh, her name is uh, Dr. Karen Scheib. I studied, she's a pastoral theologian, and I studied with her when I was at, uh, at Emory in Atlanta, and I didn't know this when I was there, but uh, but some of the stuff she's doing in her research and in her work is really quite fascinating in the way she's pulling together different things. So we're going to do some big words here for a minute, and hopefully it's helpful, at least setting the groundwork for something that is helpful, and then we'll we'll let the work carry itself as we as we get in move into story and then and then some scripture and what now. So. She pulls together, again, some weird words for a second here, narrative personality theory and narrative therapy into a theological context, (laughs) blank stares, that's okay, into a theological context to talk about how we are supposed to respond as, as pastoral care for those around us. You may or may not consider yourself pastoral or a pastor. However, as members of a community, you care for one another and you care for those outside of these walls and, and everywhere you go. And so you are pastoral. Just just lay that groundwork first. And so in, in creating this sort of uh, pastoral care philosophy or theory or idea, she pulls together these different ideas that focus on story. And the, the groundwork for that is we are storied people. And what she means by that and referencing other scholars and thinkers and philosophers and things is that as storied people, we organize our life around story. We tell stories about who we are. We tell stories about our family 
We tell stories about our community and our context. We are storied people. And more significantly than than that, not just telling stories, but we frame our life and the way we do life in story. So uh, one of these one of these theories says we can determine your behavior and how you're going to respond in situations, not so much in uh, in your philosophy or in your theology or in your ideas, but in how you tell your own story. Because how you tell your own story is then how you are going to play out that story when you're faced with choices. Does that kind of make sense? So we are storied beings. On top of that, when we think about our story, it's not just our story. We listen to cultural stories that have influence over how we fit our story into, into the rest of the world. As, uh, as people of faith, might even say Christian, we think about our story in a Christian context or in a faith context, and that impacts the way we tell our own story and then the way we make our own decisions. Every one of us have stories that we tell, and as we share those, those stories sort of intersect and we create new stories based on how we're telling those stories with friends and with family and with our community. So that's some of the groundwork in this idea. And that, I think, is why we need a whole like thing. Like We shouldn't just stop here. We're going to use this today, but I think we need to be bigger than this in, in the way we think about it. Just a precursor to that series, because this is what I'm thinking about, is that if we tell the story of the church and Christianity and our faith, we've been given a narrative, we've been given a story, and many of us are here or are frustrated with the way the story's been told for us, and we're not okay with that. And so we're thinking, well, how do I tell the story properly that's healthy and okay and allows me to live out my life and my faith? I think we can use this in some really big, if I can use the buzzword, like deconstructive kind of ways and reconstructive. Anyway, that's the precursor. So we live these interconnected stories. And in a pastoral sense, Dr. Scheib is asking the question, well, what does it mean uh, for us to care for others? And she says, essentially, it's about hearing those stories of others. Listening is going to be the pivotal piece of our conversation today. Okay, she's quoting someone else here, and I, I want to pull up his name. Pastoral theologian Graham Griffin names three purposes of listening as we think about hearing and and telling stories. Listening can be, one, an end to itself, two, as a means of giving voice to one who is voiceless, and three, listening in order to speak or to respond. So as we think through this, pastoral care in this context is the conversation of Letting someone tell their story, letting someone tell their situation, express where they are, what's going on, how their life has gotten to this place. That is a process of listening and allowing stories to be told. If, in fact, stories are so important to us and so significant in the way we see the world and the way we break down our, 
our life and our health and our mental health is deeply attached to the way we think about the world, then listening to other stories is a significant response that we can have to those that are struggling or each other or those that are in crisis. And I find it interesting whether he does this or, or she does this, that naming the three ways that three purposes of listening the first one is as an end in of itself. We tend to listen so that we can respond. We tend to listen so that we have something to say at the end of it. We tend to listen so that we can solve problems, so that we can fix things, so that we can, uh, we can have the answers for somebody. We assume that someone asking questions desires a response and a solution. And the reality is, many people need to tell their story wherever they're at. So the idea here is very, very simple. Let's do some listening. I want to pull up uh, a story from Mark chapter 5. So everywhere that Mark goes, I mean, Mark, everywhere that Jesus goes, he encounters people. And it we talk about this quite regularly. One of the significant things that he does when he encounters people is he sees them for who they are. Uh, that's another series coming. Oh, we're revealing all kinds of information today. Uh, is that he sees people for who they are and, and engages them where they're at. And I think a piece of that that we're going to draw on today is that he hears them where they are and hears their story, even if it's little bits, I think we're missing a lot of information. Something about 30 chapters about, you know, Jesus' whole life doesn't seem like enough information. We're in chapter 5, verse 21, and we're going to read for a bit just to hear a couple of different scenarios. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And one of then, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. The first piece of this story is Jesus listening to this man's story. Again, I think we're missing some information. That doesn't sound like enough information. Maybe he's just blurted it out, but... I think likely there's more to the story. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? We started this with a large crowd followed and pressed around him. The question of who touched my clothes is quite ridiculous. And it's interesting that most of the time Jesus goes out and and seeks someone to, to do some sort of miraculous healing. In this case... She has not just sought him, but enacted the process of the healing 
without his knowledge, without his uh, attention. His disciples answered, you see the people crowding against you, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I want to pull up a different... uh, this is from uh, this is from a translation ish called the voice. They tell it this way: the crowd is so thick that everyone is touching you. Why do you ask who touched me? But Jesus waited. His gaze swept across the crowd to see who had done it. At last, the woman, knowing he was talking about her, pushed forward and dropped to her knees. She was shaking with fear and amazement. I touched you, and then she told him the reason why. Jesus listened to her story. That's how they record it. Jesus listened to her story. In the other version, she told him the whole truth, or she, in the message, she told him the whole story. You see, the idea of engaging someone and recognizing their, their dignity, their value, their worth, their personhood, their story is to listen. And in this moment, in this crowd of people, this woman comes and touches him and then explains her story and Jesus listens. Too often we move to answers and solutions and fixing problems And Jesus is just listening. There's another story that that always grips me. Um, He's asked to go and heal a friend. He doesn't leave right away. It's all kind of a strange scenario. He doesn't leave right away. But he does go eventually. And they greet him outside the house before he enters in the city. Uh, He's already passed. There's nothing that can be done now. And the line, the one that we've all memorized, Jesus wept. He's just present in that moment. If we assume from the story that he has knowledge of what he's capable of and what he's going to do, he doesn't solve the problem. He allows them to weep. And he weeps with them. He is just present. If the church can get anything right in our response to others who are struggling, if we, let me remove the church, if we as individuals and collectively can get anything right as we respond to our neighbor, to our friends, to those in our community, to those outside our community, in times of struggle, in times of crisis, it is to be present. It is to sit and listen and let those stories be told. We don't need to rush. In fact, the healing can often come through the process of telling our story. Those interconnected moments when we're sitting present with someone hearing stories, give us opportunity to be community 
for someone. The direction uh, that, that Dr. Scheib takes this process is moving from stories and listening to a process of growing love in yourself and in others. And, and she makes this statement, love is not, is not contained. When love grows inside of you, either through community, through relationship, through uh, connection to God, through un- a deeper understanding of who we are or, or who God is, when, when love grows inside of us, it has to be shared outside of us. It can't just be an internal thing. And I think the significance of that statement is that we often put, talk about God's love for us, or we talk about understanding that love. And her statement goes beyond that to say, if that love is growing in any way, shape, or form, it cannot sit within itself. It has to move outside. And the idea of sitting with someone and listening and hearing their story and sharing your own stories and offering that moment of community is the process of sharing and receiving love. And so she brings that whole conversation back to showing love in the world around us and that love growing in the process of community. It's a pretty simple statement. And I think if I talk too much, I ruin the statement that one of the best things that we can do is listen, is sit, hear stories, share stories, and be together. We'll go back to, the, uh, to those, those three purposes of listening. Listening as an end to itself listening as a means to give voice to the voiceless, and listening in order to speak. She writes, Listening as an end in itself is reflective listening. We provide a sounding board for another to sort through his or her thoughts. A storyteller often figures out a conflict in the story or where the plot might go next simply by telling it to an attentive listener. And often little response is required of us when reflective listening is needed. Invite the stories. Seek out the stories. Give people space they need, but invite them to share those stories. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Open Door Church. Our intro and outro music was created by Lee Rosevere and is used under a Creative Commons by attribution license. Have a great week. Ask the hard questions and explore God's love. Everyone is always welcome to join the journey with us at Open Door. Learn more at opendoorfamily.ca. That's opendoorfamily.ca.